0: Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation.
1: Hey, welcome back to the program. I am your host, Steve Pearson, and we are glad you are joining us today. As always, we want to give a shout-out to anyone who might be a first-time listener and to let you know that we do have a website that you can go to and familiarize yourself with what Shouts of Grace is all about, and that website is shoutsofgraceradio.com. And there at shoutsofgraceradio.com, there's close to 250 past episodes, um, almost uh, five years, and so uh, that's for your listening enjoyment. You can find a whole host of topics, uh, usually, uh, well, always, uh, biblically, um, based, as um, we're looking at a lot of times scriptures, we're looking at um, c- certain current events through uh, biblical worldview, and so we encourage you to jump on shouts graceradio.com and take a look around, and if you have any questions or you wanted to drop some comments, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can go ahead and do that as well. You know, we are on uh, after the radio, we've we're this is a podcast, and so we're on all the, the podcast platforms. Don't ask me what they are because I am not tech-savvy, uh, but anyways, you can check those out, Spotify and, and all those other things. And if you are a return listener, we want to say welcome back and thanks again for your support. And to our friends at Key Radio, uh, thank you for the use of their studios here in Provo, Utah. Shouts of Grace is a show where we invite guests either in studio or they can call Call in, and sometimes uh, they're here in Utah. Many times they're out of state, and, and occasionally they might be out of the country. And so today is no different. In studio today. I have um, a newer friend. Uh, we're getting to know each other, but uh, she is uh, in charge. She's the director of 180 Ministries. It's a woman's ministry. I'll let her tell you about it. Jeline. how are you doing?
2: I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me here. It's such an honor.
1: Yeah. Tell us about uh, 180 Ministries. Tell us what you do, what it's about, um, and, and you know how a person could get in touch with you. Um, after they hear what you what you guys do.
2: Sure. Uh, 180 ministries is a Christ centered discipleship program. It's a residential treatment program for women struggling with substance abuse or any other life controlling issue in into Utah. Um, If a woman is looking for a faith-based rehabilitation program, I I would urge you to go to our website. It's 180ministries.net, and you can see there's three centers that are um, there. There's one in Olathe, Colorado, for women with small children. There's a men's center in Denver, and then there's a women's center in Tooele, Utah, and that's the one that I am director
1: of. Awesome. Uh, You know— what I want to do is—is is, you know—it sounds like you know you you and I have talked about this a little bit, and, and you know I'm kind of picking up on what it what it is, and it really, as far as the heart of the Lord, it, it sounds like there's a lot of um, just compassion. You know, one of the things that Jesus says, as he said, "Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice." And he's he's quoting actually an Old Testament scripture where where, where God says that, but. I like that. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And and the mercy of God is something that that is very tangible when people experience it in their lives, right? There there's no question about it. First the mercy of God when he covers their sins or he forgives their sins, but then the mercy that we experience as we just interact with a sinful world and us being a part of that, right? All of us that know Jesus can testify man the mercy of the lord endures forever you know and so as as i was listening uh, to what you guys do it just occurred to me i mean you you guys are really showing the heart in the compassion of the Lord, is that is that correct?
2: Yes, we love and honor being able to be the hands and feet of God in our ministry.
1: Awesome. So, I, I think what I want to do on this episode is kind of um, this is going to be a two part episode. This will uh, this will be part one, and then we'll we'll pick it up again next week uh, for part two. But I thought what we would do is um, to be a director of something like this. It, it's obvious that um, that that you've got a heart and a passion for it, and Anytime we have a heart and a passion for certain ministry, usually there's something that drives that. Usually personal experience that drives that. And so what I wanted to do is, you know, get give the listeners kind of a little chance to get to know you, what it is that drives you, so that, you know, if they hear this and they're like, Man, this really sounds like something I know somebody could really benefit from, they kind of would understand the heart behind, you know, what's leading it and what's kind of pushing it. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to take this episode and, and hear your story, if you're willing, and, and share with us, you know, what wh- who Jalene is and what got you to the point where you would care so much about, you know, the redemption of, of other women.
2: Absolutely. I actually... Go back as
1: far as you want. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, actually, the, the word passion just sits really, really strongly in my heart. Um, I do have a passion for what I do, um, a strong passion because... I feel that um, God has used my life um, as an example to be able to hold hope for women that are still stuck into in that broken state. Um, I myself uh, was raised in a very strict and religious religion, um, Jehovah's Witness, and it was no relationship with God. It was a a checklist of what I needed to do to be good enough for God. And um, were,
1: were you like, a, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna interrupt with the, with the conversation. When sure. you say Jehovah's Witness, were you like a like a hardcore door to door, hardcore Awake magazine handing out, Yep. Watchtower and Awake, there knocking on doors.
2: Okay. Yep, you've got it. And um, I could never do good enough. Um, to, to be there. And one of the things that the Jehovah's Witness religion does is they disfellowship you when you have sinned a certain sin. And so I got disfellowshipped when I was 14 years old, and that was really difficult um, in the formative years of my life to be disfellowshipped and no one speak to you. And you'd go to the Kingdom Hall or the church um, for the meeting for church three times a week, and no one would speak to you. And that... um,
1: So while while you were there because of a certain sin that you'd committed or did you were going to church and the church was shunning you. They weren't talking to you. They weren't ministering to you. They weren't discipling you. No. Okay.
2: So I would go and I'd have to, I had to do a certain amount of time before I could get reinstated back into the congregation. So it was about nine 10 months that I was disfellowshipped. I had to attend church every week. um, And the only people at that time that could talk to me was my father and my brothers because they lived in the same house as me, but the rest of the congregation could not speak to me even a greeting. And so I would go in and sit and do my time to get reinstated back into the congregation um, to feel loved again. And then, um, again, it happened when I was 29. I was uh, disfellowshipped again. And at that point, I was... um, I was married and my husband had just left me. Uh, we were married for 6 years and I was in the middle of adopting my son.
1: Was he was he a Jehovah's witness as well? He was. Okay, so you guys kind of started you did this and you practiced together. Yep. Had 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 you been restored to your family and your yep. family? Okay. So. I was
2: I was I was doing the thing. I was being a Jehovah's witness and he was too and he chose he didn't want to do that anymore and he left me. Um and we had our f- a foster child together, and in the middle of the adoption, and so I adopted the, my son myself, and he had, he left us, and then I got disfellowshipped
1: when I was twenty nine. So so he left you because he didn't want to be a Jehovah's Witness anymore. Correct. Okay. Were were you in in that state? Were you called to kind of let it go? Was it to be stay with them, reconciled, or was it more? you know, kind of what your parents or your dad did to you. Now you do to your husband, shun him and just kind of let him go.
2: Yeah, he chose to leave and there was no, I I didn't, I couldn't, I waited around and I he, I couldn't fix it. Um, but I was diehard on the mountain of, I was staying Jehovah's Witness. And so um, I'd say it was a year or so after he left it, when I got disfellowshipped again.
1: So, so you're 29 years old, you just adopted your son, you're now you're now a a single mom, right? right, Divorced. Your church isn't in your saw in your your corner anymore. Like where, where were you at? It seems like everything that had any kind of amount of security was just yanked out from underneath you.
2: Yeah. Um, my church was no longer around, but neither was my family. My dad blocked my number. Um, my, my family was not there. It was myself and my son. And I attached myself to an abusive man, And um, went on a journey with him and held on to him and was very codependent in that relationship um, because I felt like that was all that I had. And at that moment, um, in Jehovah's Witness religion, you're not allowed to read outside Christian literature. You can only read what they publish at the Watchtower and Bible Track Society. And someone gave me a book called Beauty for Ashes by Joyce Meyer, and I dared to read it. And so I read it. I wanted to find out more. I really related to um, her pain. Um, she has experienced a lot of abuse in her childhood. And I related to that. But yet she was talking about joy, everyday joy in her life. And I just didn't understand how that was possible. And I wanted more of what she had and didn't know what that was about. And so I went on this journey and the Bible says that those who seek him will find him. And I went on this journey to find what she had. And so I started listening to her messages and I started, um, learning more and learning more about myself and about this god that actually loves me and that i don't have to do all these things for
1: and and are you at this point as you're doing this are you still are you still married to the abusive man
2: no i never married him okay um but i was in relationship with him
1: okay so so obviously he wasn't a believer didn't claim to be a believer Right, he was. Oh, he he was a believer. Okay. Yeah, and that that makes it awkward. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um. Okay. So so you guys are having this relationship. You're actually starting to be poked and prodded. It sounds like the Holy Spirit is convicting you mm-hmm. and and pulling you a certain direction using different means to do that. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, um, while you're with him, is this is do you sense? is are your eyes opening to the way you're being treated or is this just kind of no, I'm I'm all in, and this is almost like an idol. He's the one. Like, how, what, what was your mind there?
2: Well, it depends on what year of that journey that you would ask me that question. <laughs> um, but I started, what I started doing in that where I thought that I had lost everything, and even when I didn't recognize, because my history, my family history, all of those things didn't really set me up for success to know what healthy was. I do come from an abusive childhood background, and my dad was in prison, even though we were Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, it was messy and drug abuse and alcohol abuse in my childhood as well So and I didn't have um, the skills to recognize healthy but I was getting there and I was being put in touch with the tools and I was although I thought at the time I had lost everything I had really gained everything but I just didn't know
1: it at that time Hmm. Hmm. that's awesome I want to talk more about that on the other side of the break Um, you're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio with Jalene from 180 Ministries we'll be right back
0: You're listening to Shouts of Grace, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill or Pastor Steve, visit our website at rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's broadcast.
1: Hey, welcome back to the program. Blessed that you can join us today. Um, before we get into uh, the rest of our, our discussion with Jalene, um, I just wanted to mention that uh, we have—I've um, written a book called— um, basically the, the conversation with Jalene kind of sparked my memory that, hey, I just—you know, we, re- we released a new book, and it is called Spiritually Abused, How to Identify and Escape a Spiritually Abusive Church Culture. That is available on Amazon, and so encourage you guys. If you find yourself in a toxic culture, a toxic church culture, and or environment. Uh, then I encourage you to go on and, and grab that book. Um, it is. Uh, it, it will identify, and not only that, it will help you get out of that situation. And so as we're listening to this uh, particular broadcast, we're talking to Jeline, and she's sharing with us her testimony that kind of le- leads her up to uh, this place in life where she's director of this women's ministry that is a discipleship ministry. And so, Jalene, uh before the break, uh, we kind of left off with, um, you know you you had you had gotten your hands on on you know some some material you 're starting to listen to it um and you're listening to messages you're in an abusive relationship uh you're you're now a single mom you're you know divorced you 're ex jehovah 's witness and and so now share share with us kind of where it goes from here uh does it is is there a low point where was that low point at and how does it start getting to a place where you're at now so how, how, how did that how did that transpire
2: yeah so I was um, developing my relationship with God and something I'd never had before so there was beauty in the mix of being in the abusive relationship and um, the beauty also of losing all of my outside support and um, I could have chose to go back. I could still choose to go back to Jehovah's Witness. Um and I didn't choose to go back to that and the beauty of that was that I was alone with Jesus and I was able to actually develop a relationship with him and develop and learn about who he is and his love for me.
1: I'm 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 interested as an ex Jehovah's Witness coming out of a very a very um rigid religious program when you say you were able to develop a relationship with Christ, what what was it that you saw that you didn't have when you were you know surrendering your life to this organization, and now all of a sudden you say I was you know being led? Like what was it that you said, man, I, I'm not right, or I don't I don't have this, you know?
2: I think it's the difference of I have when I felt the Holy Spirit and knowing what that felt like, I had never felt that my whole life before that and the whole 29 years before, um, and being actually moved by the Holy Spirit and not by works.
1: Mm. So, so when you say moved by the Spirit, not by works, where were you starting to realize who you were a sinner were you starting—was was grace starting to—and mercy starting to illuminate? Was God doing that?
2: Yeah, I didn't understand, like, how I was so loved when I was just cast out like trash, you mm-hmm. know? And I didn't understand how I was so loved, but I was feeling loved even though I didn't have all the tangible things. The relationship with my dad, the relationship with all the people I knew my whole life, I didn't have that anymore. And even though I was in an abusive relationship— I still felt loved, not by him, I guess now, (laughs) but I still felt loved and I didn't understand. And I just kept pursuing God and was able to take all those things off the throne of my heart. And the last thing to take off the throne of my heart was the abusive man. And once I made that decision to then leave that and um, fully step into my purpose and my calling, it made all the more sense. And um, God really has propelled my trajectory.
1: So so when you're when you're in this relationship, because there, there's a lot of people that can guarantee that will listen to this and, and they can relate. You know, they they're unequally yoked. They made a bad decision. They I mean, and it sounds like from what you said, this guy's a professing believer. Mm-hmm. Um, was the abuse of was the abuse just mainly mental? Was it physical? Like because because, you know, I I mean, you know, better than anybody what what's done to the psyche of a person is not just erased once that predicament is changed right Mm -hmm. i mean that stuff lives on inside Mm -hmm. of our minds and it becomes these strongholds it affects becomes filters and lenses that we look at other people in life through we'll judge other people based on our past experiences and so like tell when when you got out of that you know where was your mind where where were you at
2: i've been on a healing journey um because of that like you like you said that it does affect you i was very controlled And literally at times, like he could literally say the sky is red and I'd look outside and be like, really, is it? Um, So I there was a level of control that when I broke free of that and I stepped into the provisions that God provided for me to help me to realize I had great biblical counselors and I had a a new church family that had taken me under their wing and um, a great support group of women. And I utilized those healthy avenues that God placed into my life and began to recognize the unhealthy parts in me that still lingered. And I feel like God has... um, allowed me to go through this because I can relate to women and women coming out of domestic violence situations and being able to understand that cycle and how hard it is to break and the strongholds that are stuck in your mind um, and being able to utilize the relationship with Christ and your real true identity and being able to identify the lies so that when your mind thinks those lies— that's a red flag right there. That's saying, hey, wait, no, you need to stand on truth. This is the truth of God's word. And God will speak those truths over you that like magically pop off the page of the Bible to you. And I would hang on to those. And I know during certain seasons of life, there's certain scriptures that were just my verse that I hung on to that I would just repeat over and over to help me get through and to help me not to make those unhealthy choices in my life.
1: What what was one of the most meaningful verses that you think during any of those times or seasons that God, because what what you just said, I think is key. And I I need our listeners to to hear this is, you know, the scripture says um, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? Faith doesn't come by us just, you know, willing it and us, you know, going and doing a bunch of stuff and our faith will increase. It comes by hearing the word of God, and what you just said is, you know, it's it's the 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 law of the Lord being our lamp; it's being the light to our path, right? So, what were some of the things that really ministered to you during during certain times?
2: Um, the two that pop, well, there's three that pop in my head that are really um, Psalms 41:10, that I will um, I will grab you by the right hand and really help you. Um, I needed to put all my faith into Jesus and rely on his right hand to help me through and not my own way. Um, Ephesians three twenty and 21 is the God super exceedingly, ever abundantly, ever able to do exceedingly more than you can ever think, dream or imagine. Um, I hung on to that. And this part gets me emotional because this is where God totally restored and redeemed my life because I could never imagine those many years ago where I was into where I am now. And that's the God that can do more than you can think, dream, or imagine. And so I want to hold hope for every woman out there that thinks that they're in that spot, that, um, they're stuck, that they're always going to be there and, um, they're not, we serve a really big God and he's able to do more than you can think, dream, or imagine.
1: Yeah. Amen to that. Wow. So we got, um, on this episode, we got about, um, about two and a half minutes left. So you It sounds like you're in this relationship. It ends. You get on the right track. So, so what? You know, in the kind of the final leg, what brought you to the place where you're at now?
2: So, I have. um, I went to school and I got a degree to help people, and first generation college grad, and really proud of that. And um, I knew I wanted to get back into women's ministry, and I didn't know it was going to be like it is. I was affiliated with the Men's Center in Denver, and um, I was connected to them, and the CEO, it was just this crazy thing. He's like, you know, would you consider directing the center uh, in Utah? And um, I of course said, yes, um, I wanted to, uh, make Jesus famous with my life. And I want to be able to afford women the opportunity to put a pause on their life and put Jesus first and put him on the throne of their heart and be able to experience, um, the radical transformation that God can do in your life.
1: Well, that's, um, man, I'm so blessed to be able to hear that. You know, I've, I've, I've spent, you know, the better part of my Christian ministry in um, pseudo-Christian cults and counter, counter-cults and comparative religions, and obviously, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses is one of those, and, um, and and I've seen just, you know, where I live, the the damage that this radical, stringent, you know, policies of religious and church and just law and everything can do to a person, And and man, it sounds like you actually you actually experienced (laughs) all the worst parts. And so um, I assume you're, you know, we've got like 30 seconds left. I assume your son is... Oh, well, he you is. Know? That's yes, awesome. he's
2: 14 now and doing well, and um, just an awesome gift to have.
1: Wow, redemption, man, I love it. Um, Jillian, tell us uh, as we close up. Tell us how people can get a hold of you and uh, what they can do to, to be a part of your ministry.
2: Sure, um, we are one eighty ministries net um, on the that's our website one eighty ministries net. We're also on Facebook one eighty ministries women Utah, and. Just want you to know that, um, for the women that are listening, that you are a daughter of the King. And if any of this resonates with you, I wouldn't hesitate to reach out um, to contact us. All of our contact information is on the
0: website.
1: Amen. Thank you for being here. We appreciate it. Blessings. We'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If you've been encouraged in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the
1: grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.